This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, today I want to talk to you about healing. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, uh, I don't know about you, but how many people get sick every once in a while or get attacked with any kind of pains in your body or get attacked with anything? We all tend to get attacked because we're in a natural world. And we're not in heaven, but praise God, hallelujah, we can bring heaven down here on earth. Amen? Amen. So many Christians believe that Jesus is their Savior, but how many people believe that Jesus is your healer? Amen. 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 Jesus paid the whole price. So where, where, where the blockage comes in is that uh, some Christians, they're not too sure if it's the will of God, amen, for you to be healed. And, uh, and so it is God's perfect will for you to walk in health and healing. And we know that because Jesus, when he preached, he said the anointing was on him to preach the gospel, the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to, 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 uh, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free. And we know that that's what Jesus preached everywhere he went. Amen. Because he went teaching, preaching, and healing. That was the bulk of his ministry. So it is God's perfect will to, for you to be healed. And I like this because it's, it's, it's in uh, the uh, Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, it says in this manner, in Matthew 6, 9, and 10, in this manner, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we see that God wants His will. Are you listening to me today? He wants His will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And unfortunately, it's not being 100% done down here on earth as it is in heaven. And then you got to think about heaven. And when we get to heaven, guess what? There's not going to be any devils we're going to be fighting. There's not, there's not going to be any depression in heaven there's not going to be any down days in heaven. There's not going to be any sick people in heaven. And so his will is for us to be like down here on earth as it is in heaven. What's in heaven? Joy, full of glory, peace of God, uh, health. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we want, we want that. And I believe that we can have that today. How many people believe that you can have heaven on earth Today, you don't have to wait for it. Glory to God. You can receive today. Say, I'm receiving it today. today. Now, in the great faith message of Hebrews 11, 1, 3, in the great faith message, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is something, uh, it says, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand the world's were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So faith is a substance of things hoped for. It says here, now faith is. Now faith is. I'm going to say this. If you're going to receive healing power from God, you have to take it now. You can't be saying someday I'm going to be healed. Someday God's going to heal me from this disease. Someday God's going to heal me from this infliction. No, you have to say I have it now by faith. Amen. By faith. Somebody say by faith. by faith. Amen. 
So it's by faith we receive the promises, and faith is always in the now. Say, I'm receiving my healing today. I like what, what God said to Moses when Moses was in the wilderness and, uh, and the burning bush. And uh, was, uh, was, uh, God spoke to Moses in the burning bush and, and, and told Moses that he was going to deliver the people from Egypt. And, and, and Moses asked God, you know, what was your name? And God said, my name is I am. My name is I am. What am I saying to you today? God is who you need him to be today. I, I'm talking to somebody today. God is who you need him to be today. He is not the God of I was. He's not of the God that I will be. No, he's the God of I am. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? He's the God of I am. And so you have to, you have to understand that we serve the great I am. We serve the God of I am. And that's, and that's, and that's his word. Amen. And so we have to get a, a revelation of that, that, that God is the God that wants to move in our lives today. That's an established fact in receiving healing in the now. Now let's look at Isaiah 53, because when we look at Isaiah 53, this is one of the most powerful scriptures dealing with healing. And I like the Amplified. And this is what you need to be standing on if you're believing for healing. And it is for you today. Surely he bore our griefs, sicknesses, weakness, and distress, and carried our sorrows and pains and punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But with leprosy, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement of my peace needed to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. And by his stripes, you are healed. Notice that by his stripes, you are healed. Glory to God. So I'm going to say this. If you're going to partake of God's divine healing power in your life, you've got to partake of it today. Amen. Too many people are putting their faith out into the future. And when you put your faith out into the future of believing, well, someday God's going to deliver me from this. Some way he's going to do that. It's never going to happen. Oh. I'm preaching to somebody today. You cannot put your faith in the future and expect to have the promise today. You must put your faith in the now. So here in, in this great passage of Isaiah, talking about the atonement of Jesus, we see here that Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pain. We see this also in Matthew. Now, uh, in Matthew, it says that when evening has come, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, when evening has come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the, Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Notice that Jesus healed all who were sick. He didn't say, come back tomorrow. He didn't say, come back next week. He said, well, maybe God will heal you in a month from now. No, he healed them that day. Glory to God. He healed all that were sick and oppressed. And Jesus, I'm going to say this, Jesus healing anointing is here today. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 
The Bible talks about the anointing of God and his anointing. It's the power to break the yokes of bondage. It's in Isaiah. And his healing anointing is to destroy the yokes of bondage today. And his healing anointing is in his word. Am I talking to somebody today? I like what it says in 1 Peter. And Peter is, you know, he's, he, he's hitting on, the, uh, on what Jesus did on the cross in 1 Peter 2.24. It says, He himself bore our sins on his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live unto righteousness. By his wounds you were healed. Now, when you read something like this, now, of course, we know Peter wrote this 2,000 years ago, but he was talking to the church, and when he wrote this, he's really talking to us. And, and what he was doing was he was looking back at the cross, seeing what Jesus did. The anointing of Jesus was poured forth out when he died on the cross, and that anointing is here and present to heal. I'm going to say this again. God's anointing is here and present to heal. Somebody say, I take it now. We used to sing a song in church, the glory is here. Oh, the glory is here. Yes, the glory is here. I can sense his mighty presence in the very atmosphere. But whatever you may need, reach out and receive and say it's mine. I take it now. How'd you like that one? <laughs> My sister-in-law was looking at me like, oh, you got to work on your voice. Amen. She was like, oh, that was, that was not, that tune was not in there. Amen. Gloria, you know, when you're up here, it doesn't matter. You know, God, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have a great voice to sing a song to God. You don't have to, you don't have to be, thank God we have praise and worship people that have good, great voices, but you don't have to have a great voice to sing. You, some of you might need to start singing to God a little bit more. You might be smiling a little bit more if you start singing to God a little bit more. Yeah, I know, that, I know we're dealing with, there's a lot of stuff that, that the economy, uh, all this stuff's going on in the world, but you need to start singing a little bit more. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. Look at your name and say, start singing a little bit more. So I'm going to say this, that if you're going to get a revelation, if you're going to get a revelation that God wants you healed, you've got to overcome this idea that God is sovereign. And because he's sovereign, whatever happens in your life, that's from God. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Because there's a lot of preachers that will tell you that if something's going on in your life, well, it, well, well, certainly God's sovereign. Certainly God's in control. And if God's in total control of everything, if you're dealing with a sickness, well, God must be behind that. It sounds great, doesn't it? Because it's for, for some redemptive purpose for you to go through. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? God wants you to go through this redemptive purpose so that he can you know, put more piety in you, whatever that means. How many people need more piety? Amen. And, uh, and, so, and so we got to get a revelation that, that because the, the sovereignty of God, I'm going to say this, the sovereignty of God, God's sovereign to his word. 
God's sovereign in his word. And God says, choose this day who you serve. Life or death, blessing or curse, you choose. So God will tell you in the Bible how to increase and how to lengthen your life. And he can tell you the things that you can do that can shorten your life. And all I know that on the promise side of God, he says, with long life, I will set. I'm preaching to somebody today. With long life, I will satisfy you. Uh, are you listening? And I will show you my salvation. That's the promise side of God. Moses, because of the anointing that was on his life, uh, uh, and oh, oh, I'm sorry, Abraham, because the anointing that was on his life, Abraham lived to 120. I'm sorry, Abraham lived over 120. It was Moses that lived to 120. And Moses said his eyes did not obey and he had strength. We know that Abraham lived a lot longer than that. Glory to God. And so what am I saying? That's, that's the long life we need to stand on and believe for. We need to believe for 120 years. I'm preaching to somebody today. In other words, that's the bar we need to reach. Now, maybe we don't get to 120, but if you get to 100, you're doing good. I'm saying I'd rather shoot for something high and hit something middle than shoot for something low. Like, hopefully I live to 80 and hit 60. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? 120. How many people are with me today? So we got to get a revelation that God is the author of healing. The devil is the author of sickness. And in Acts 10, 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. See, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we see here that, uh, that, that Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For what was he doing? Jesus was, was reversing what the devil was doing. And I want to say this today, that God wants to reverse what the devil's trying to do in your life. And you're not, you're not the, the, you're not the, you know, what, what's that saying? You're the, you're the healed and the devil's trying to make you sick. You're not the sick trying to get healing. You're the healed. I'm preaching to somebody today. You're the healed and the devil's trying to make you sick. You know, I'm going to say this, and the Bible actually says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I used to say something, and now it's kind of manifesting. Now I've got to to come against it now. I used to say something like this, I'm really hurting. Anybody ever used to say that kind of phrase, I'm really hurting? And, you know, I would say that when I really wasn't hurting. Now I'm dealing with pain in my body. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm finding myself, and, I'm, and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit says, what have you been saying all these years? I'm really hurting. We say that when, when we get a setback in our life. You know, you ever say that when you get a little setback or something's not working out? Somebody does something that, or, or, or you, you didn't get that discount that you wanted from the store? Whatever. You kind of say, I'm, I'm hurting over this. Or, or you really hurt me. Amen. Well, the Bible says if you're in God, you can't be hurt. Okay. I'm going to say that again. The Bible says if you're in God, you can't be hurt. Glory to God. Why? Because you put your trust and faith in God 
And you don't put your trust and faith in man. You don't put your trust and faith in systems. You put your trust and faith in God. Somebody say, I'm trusting God. In James 1.17, it says, every good gift. Talking about God's will for healing, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. So we see this, that if something's good that's coming into our life, it has to be from God. If something's bad that's coming into our life, it has to be from the devil. I'm preaching today. Well, you could say, well, isn't it just perspective? Maybe something bad can turn into something good. Well, yeah, yeah, something bad can turn into something good. Yeah, whatever the, the enemy means for evil, the Bible says, God can turn into good. Whatever the enemy means for evil, God can turn. Some of us are in a wilderness today. And, and like Jesus, he was in the wilderness. And, and the Bible says that he was tested of the devil. He beat the devil three times he beat him in the wilderness because he beat him with the word of God. He sent the devil packing, amen. He beat the devil in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was struggling in his humanity. And he beat the devil on the cross. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? He beat the devil three times. He beat him in the wilderness and, and what happened? The Bible says he came out in the power of the Spirit. You might be in a wilderness today. You might be encountering some setbacks today. But you may be going through the wilderness. But I'm going to say this. You hold on to the unchanging word of God. You keep standing on the word of God. You're going to come out in the power of the Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's not over yet. I'm going to say it again. It's not over yet. It's not over. God is still moving. The anointing of God is still present to heal. Uh, you're, you're still alive. So you keep moving forward in God. 1 John 3, 8 says it this way. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus' job's description is right here to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit to undo the works of the devil, to, to, to heal, deliver, and set free. That was Jesus' job description. And we know that the devil's job description is in John 10.10. 10. Jesus said it himself, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm telling you this. I pray that prayer almost every day. I pray a prayer for you and for me. That we would tap into the abundant life. I'm going to say this today. You can tap in to the abundant life of Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Through a multitude of ways. One of them is coming to church on Sunday morning. Mm, I'm putting a plug today. How do you tap into the anointing and the presence of God? Get into an atmosphere, glory to God, of faith, of faithful people coming in. Do you know the more people come in, the more God that's in here? 
Because God is in you, the hope of glory. You bring God in you. That's why, that's why when you bow your head, you look down at the Father when you pray. Because He's in you. Yes, the Father's in heaven, but the Lord is in you. The hope of glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So in John 10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil's job description. To steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We know this, that it's God's will for you to be healed because of what Jesus did. He did the will of the Father. He said, whatever you see me do, the Father does likewise. So Jesus always felt, always did what the Father showed him to do. And Jesus never put sickness on anybody in the Bible. He always healed, delivered, and set free. And we know this, that in Luke 13, 10 through 16... This is an account of a lady that was sick. And uh, this is I'm, what I'm trying to establish to you. This point is God's not doing it to us. God's not ordaining the sickness. And it says here now in Luke 13, 10 through 16, it says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could do no way ra- raise herself up. For 18 years she was bent over. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her, to him, and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days which men ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered and said to him, Hypocrite. <laughs> Uh, Jesus knows how to win friends and influence people. Amen. He, he was, he, he, Jesus was no politician. He was not trying to be real easy on the, on the Pharisees. He just said hypocrite in front of everybody. Amen. And uh, he answered hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? Now, now, now look at this. Focus on this. Whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. So we see this account here where this lady had a spirit that caused her, I guess it may have been like arthritis or something, that caused her to be bent over. And it says here that it wasn't God's will for her and wasn't God's wasn't her cross to bear for 18 years to show how faithful she is because she shows up to church even with her affliction. No, it was the devil trying to hinder her from being free. And what did Jesus do? Why did Jesus and I've hit on this before? Why did Jesus set people free on the Sabbath? Well, it was to tick off the Pharisees. No, it wasn't just to tick the Pharisees off. Amen. It wasn't to get the Pharisees all upset. No, he did it on the Sabbath because the Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest. Right? And so if the Sabbath is a day of rest, if you are in any kind of sickness, you're not resting. So what he was doing was on the Sabbath, he did it always on most of his healings. A lot of his healings was on the Sabbath. Why? Because it was supposed to be a day of rest. And so a day of rest is that we're supposed to be resting 
from the afflictions, I'm preaching to somebody today, from the afflictions of the enemy that's trying to put on, you know, you're not, you're not well rested when you're not feeling well. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so I'm saying this to you today. If for any day that you should, and I consider Sunday as the Sabbath. I know technically Saturday is the Sabbath for the Jewish calendar. But I, I, I believe that Sunday morning when you're giving your life to the Lord on Sundays, you come into church, you're, you're giving him your, your, your time and your talent and your, and your tithe. Your you're, you're, you're Sabbath is Sunday, glory to God. You're not doing your own thing. You're, you're, you're here because you want to glorify God. Are you hearing what I say today? You're not here just for yourself. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm here to get some word. Yeah, you are, but you're here to glorify God. Amen. Say, I'm here to glorify God. And we know this, that the covenant of healing, it was not just instituted when, when Jesus came on the scene. We know that the covenant of healing was instituted back in the Old Testament. And if, if, if it was instituted back in the Old Testament, how much better should it be in the New Testament? Can I, can I say that again? You see, it was instituted in the old covenant, but, but we're in a new covenant, and the Bible says in Hebrews, based on better promises. So if God had a healing provision in the old covenant, how much better should it be in the new covenant? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In Exodus 15, 26, it's, it, they, they had a provision for healing. As it, and it says this in Exodus 15, 26. It says here, and it says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth you. Now, when you see this, and even in the Old Covenant, it, it, it says, I'll put none of the diseases on you. It, well, it looks as if God is putting it on people. But if you study the Greek out and you study out, uh, you know, uh, the Greek in this, it really says God will not allow, not that God will put, but God will not allow the diseases of Egypt or of the world upon you. Amen. Amen. And so, so, so how does the diseases come upon the people of the Old Testament if they don't obey God, if they get in disobedience, if they start worshiping other, other idols, if they start ditzing God, amen? Then, then, and, and they get out of the grace of, of the, the covenant, and then, bam. But thank God we have a greater covenant based on better promises. And thank God that if we mess up, we can fess up. And thank God we can go to 1 John 1, 9. Thank God that we can confess our sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And what will he do? He will cleanse us from some unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. Thank you. I got some, I got some Bible people in the church today. So he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, so I love that. In Exodus 23, 25... It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and water and take sickness away from your midst. Amen. I'm going to say this, that that that's the reason why you should bless your food. Amen. We take this from the old covenant. We also take it from the new from the New Testament that that everything that we eat should be sanctified by the word and prayer. 
And so as we pray over our food, we thank God because some of our food is not healthy. Lord, bless this Snickers bar, you know, to, to the, to, you know, uh, you know, some of the food that we eat is not too healthy. Yes, you need to pray over it. I'm not, I'm not advocating eating Snicker bars. Amen. Even though that's one of my, used to be one of my favorites. Amen. And that chunky bar, what's that chunky bar with all the stuff in there, the nuts and the raisins. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That chunky bar. Do they still sell that? I'm going to pray for you, sister. I'm, I'm going to pray for you because I, I think you just might, you, you might be eating those. Like you've, you just had it. Yep, they, they sell it. Glory to God, they sell it. Bless it to, the, to, to, to my body, amen? But be careful with moderation. I'm not against chunky bars. You can do it every once in a while, but don't make it a tradition and, and do it every day, Amen. Glory to God. I was going to, you know, we're preaching on healing today and, I, and, and they, they had a, uh, donuts that you could buy. And I thought about bringing donuts in. And I thought, no, I better not. Glory. <laughs> Amen. Because if we're, if we're, I'm talking about healing, I don't want to be feeding you donuts. And then, then you guys, then you're coming back to me. I'm, I'm dealing with diabetes, pastor. All those donuts you're eating. Amen. Well, we continue. Amen. And in Psalms, it says in 105, 37, he brought them out with silver and gold. I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. God brought the children of Israel out, out of the bondage of the Egyptians. Remember that uh, Moses brought them out and, uh, and brought them out and brought them into the wilderness, into the promised land eventually. And it says here that in Psalms 105, 37, he brought them out with silver and gold. And there is not one feeble person among their tribes. Think about this. I don't know, some of, some of the uh, theologians believe that it may have been over a million people. And think about this, that it was a million people and they were all different age brackets. And the Bible says, you know, that he brought them out and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. And when you read this, feeble actually means sickly. There wasn't one sick person. God's power and his anointing was able to keep over a million people healthy. How about you? If he can keep a, a million, and this is old covenant. Can somebody say old covenant? So how much more, if that's old covenant, how much more can he keep us healthy in the new covenant? Some say, well, they ate healthy back then, Pastor. They didn't have all the sugars back then. That's why they could live like. No, you can eat healthy today. You can pray over your food and you can believe God. We have a better covenant. In Hebrews 8, 6, it says here, But now he obtained a more excellent ministry insomuch he's a mediator of a better covenant, which is established on better promises. So the new covenant is, is basically walking in health. If you're going to walk in health, you just need to walk in the love of God. If you walk in the love of God, you're not going to be far from healing in your life. What the enemy will try to do is get us out of the love of God. We know the greatest commandment is, in, is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the greatest commandment. In, in, in the new commandment, I give you a love one another. This is in John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give you is that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this we know that, that you'll be my disciples if you have love for one another. So we see here that, that the, the commandment of the Old Testament 
was them to obey God's commands. Uh, the, the, the commandment of the New Testament is similar as we got to obey the love walk. And if you're walking in love and you're walking in love towards God, you're not going to want to do anything to offend God. If you're walking in love towards people, you're not going to want to do anything to offend people. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so when you walk in the love of God and when you're loving God and you're loving people, then healing will be at your beck and call. Brother Hagen would say if he's ever attacked with sickness, if he's ever attacked, he would always check his love walk. Amen. So I'm going to say this. Always check your love walk. Make sure that you're not harboring ill will or bitterness. Because the Bible says bitterness dries up the bones. In the book of Proverbs. In other words, you could be dealing with issues in your body if you don't allow, if you, if you allow bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, and things of that nature to get in your life. Amen. So, so four ways to receive healing from God. The number one way that you're going to receive healing from God is through the name of Jesus. We need to start invoking the name of Jesus. Whenever my son, Christian, is dealing with issue, pain, or whatever, sometimes he's, he's dealing with some issues with constipation, I don't know if ever, anybody ever deals with that. But this is one way you can, it can help you. You want, you, want, you want some help in this area? Start calling out Jesus. And my son would say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'm telling you, just calling out the name of Jesus can set you free. Amen. Amen. I, I was, I, I, matter of fact, I had some tests done yesterday. I was at the doctor's office yesterday getting some tests done. And they, and they had to put an IV in me, and I, and, and I don't like pain, and I don't like needles. How many people like needles out here? And under my breath, I was saying, Jesus, Jesus. They thought I was tough. They thought, they didn't know that. I was like calm, cool, but I was like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I didn't feel that needle going, thank God. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to, to you today? And, uh, and, and, and uh, I went through a procedure yesterday. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I was just calling out the name of Jesus. And that procedure went well. Glory to God. And I'm just going to say to you today, just, just call out the name of Jesus. Amen. No matter what's going on. Amen. The, 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 there's, you know, the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And I like this in Mark 16. It says, these signs will follow those that believe. Mark 16, 17 and 18. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will speak with serpents. Notice it says, in my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, if they drink anything uh, deadly, it won't hurt them. In my name, they can lay hands on the sick and it will recover. So Jesus' name is powerful. We know this, it's so powerful that Peter and John in Acts 3, 1, 8, Peter and John was going up to the, the, the uh, to, uh, was going to church that day, and they were coming up to, to a gate called Beautiful, and this man was begging alms, and he would, they would put this man out there, and I'm not going to read the account, it's in Acts 3, 1 through 8, and this man would beg alms, asking for, for money, because he was lame for many years. And uh, Peter uh, said to the man, uh, silver and gold I, I have none, but what I do have I give unto you. Rise and walk in the name of Jesus. So Peter, you know, said to the man, look unto us. And it was Peter and John there. 
And the man thought he was going to receive some money, but he received something better than money. I'm going to say this. There are things better than, than material things in this life. And I'm telling you, they received the pow- that man received the power of God in his life. And what happened was that Peter said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. See, Peter didn't even pray to God in the name of Jesus. He commanded in the name of Jesus. Some of us might need to start commanding some things in the name of Jesus. We need to start commanding our bodies to be well. In the name of Jesus. We might need to start commanding our situations and our circumstances to get better. There's some things we don't have to just pray for. You just evoke the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And he said to that man, uh, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do give unto you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he walked, leaped, and praised God. Jumping and leaping and praising God. And you know what? This is amazing to me. And Peter uh, said, don't look at us like it was our holiness that caused this to happen. But it was faith in the name of Jesus. How many people have faith in the name of Jesus in the house today? Because if you have faith in the name of Jesus, you better start calling out the name of Jesus more often than not. You need to start calling out the name of Jesus whenever anything starts coming against you. In the name of Jesus, stop. In the name of Jesus, healing come forth. In the name of Jesus, you need to invoke the name of Jesus. They're trying to get the name of Jesus out of our prayers. The politicians will say, well, in his name. Well, let's put it in Jesus' name. We love the idea of the universal, uh, the universal uh, word, God. God is a universal word, amen? It can, that can work for any religion in God's name. But when you start evoking the name of Jesus, it, it, it separates the boys from the men. The girls from the ladies. It separates the king of kings from, from all the false other religious leaders. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so look at your name and say, evoke the name of Jesus. Number two, if you're going to increase the anointing of God in your life, if you're going to cause the anointing of faith to rise up, uh, you, you, you need to go with James 5, 14, and 16. Allow, allow the elders of the church to pray for you with anointing oil. It says, if anyone's sick among you, let him call upon the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up, and if he committed any sins, he'll be forgiven. And it says, confess your trespasses one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. Therefore, the effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. So there's a lot packed into this, to these scriptures I just read. And what's packed into these scriptures is that, that an elder is a leader in the church. You ask for the elder to pray for you. The anointing oil will heal you and... Your sins will be forgiven. That's amazing to me. You can receive healing and forgiveness at at the same time. And then if you want to go a little extra, you can find somebody that needs healing and you can pray for them. And the Bible says when you pray for others, that's where where you get your healing. Mm. 
That's where some of us are missing it because we're not finding people that we need to pray for. My, I, 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 was, I, was, I was dealing with something myself a few weeks back and I was dealing with something personally, physically, and, I, and, and my brother John was dealing with something and I said, let me pray for you. And of course, it was selfish because I was trying to get my healing out of my praying for John. Amen. Amen. I was praying for John, but I, I was hoping, oh, maybe I'll get an anointing back and get healed myself. Amen. According to James 5, 14. Now, now uh, I, I did feel better, glory to God, but that should not be your motive. <laughs> your motive is, should be to help people. Amen. Uh, God uh, will to, to heal us. Is all, it's in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. It talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in his gifts, there's three gifts that God uses for healing for today. And that's, the, uh, that's uh, uh, gifts of healing. That's uh, the gift of faith. And that's the working of miracles. And those three gifts, glory to God, God can use to heal us in church. Amen. And so we know it's the will of God because he put these giftings in the church so that, that, that the Holy Spirit, by his will, can heal us and deliver us. Uh, the n- number four key is that if we're going to walk in the anointing and healing of God, we, we, have, we have to do it through the power of the spoken word. We have to speak the word. Speak the word. That's what the centurion said to Jesus when Jesus said, I'll come to your house and heal your servant. The centurion said, you don't have to come, but speak the word. And Jesus said, he, the Bible said Jesus marveled because of this guy's faith. He marveled at his faith. And so if you just keep speaking the word, you're going to have your healing. I'm going to say that again. If you keep speaking the word, you're going to have your healing. I'm looking at a lady today, Sarada, and she had diabetes, high blood pressure, but she doesn't have it anymore. She came to church. She used to take uh, insulin. She doesn't take insulin anymore. You might say, why am I preaching every once a month on healing? Because I don't want you guys on medicine. I want you coming off high blood pressure medicine. I want you coming off anything that's ailing you. Glory to God. And, and, and uh, Sarada is a testimony. And, she, and, and her doctor said, you know, you will never get off these. The, the you will always be a diabetic. You will always have high blood pressure. And, fi- and, and Sarada says, not according to the word of God. And the doctor finally came back to her because everything cleared up. And the doctor said, your pancreas is working. Everything's working. i got to apologize to you. When a doctor apologizes to you, when a doctor starts apologizing to you, saying, oh, you were right. Well, it's not just Sarada was right, but the word of God is right. It's not mind over matter or medical science over matter. It's God's word over every matter. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And God's word, we have to evoke the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. What will the word of God do? The word of God is likened to a scalpel, and it will cut off every negative thing in our life. 
I remember uh, Robert back there. He was dealing with some kind of growth in his body. And he was believing God and, you know, he had to go into surgery. And, uh, and but when they finally came and, and opened Robert up, it was not what they thought it was. And that, that growth was smaller than they thought it was. And they, found, and they told Robert it was smaller than what they expected. Because you know why? Because Robert's faith was working and that growth was shrinking. And Robert came to me after and said, I wish I didn't go to surgery. I think if I stood a couple more months, I would have been. Is that right, Robert? Glory to God that I would have been told. I wouldn't have had to go under the knife. What am I saying to you today? The word works. Faith works. Standing on God, word works. You got to believe God. Amen. Proverbs 4.20, I'm closing here. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline my ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. What, what we need is, you know, you need to stop focusing on the problem, because we tend to focus on the problem. We tend to focus on the symptoms. We tend to focus on those things. Stop focusing on that. No, start focusing on the, the promise of God's word. Focus more on that. That's how Abraham overcame. The Bible says Abraham overcame. How did he overcame? Well, Abraham had to overcome the doubt and unbelief because he was old. He was 100 years old. Uh, his wife was 90. Uh, his wife was barren. They never had children. And he had to overcome all that. And the Bible says he decided not to look at the circumstances. But the Bible says he continued to give glory to God, thanking God that God's word was true over the facts. And the facts aren't always true. And the facts aren't always right. And the facts don't always win out. I'm going to say it again. The facts aren't always true. Just because it's a fact doesn't mean it's going to... Just like with Sarada, the facts said she's going to always have diabetes. The facts said that she's always going to have high blood pressure. But God's word says, no, it can change. And I'm going to say this, that if you stick around the word of God and you keep speaking the word of God, your, your circumstances and situations that aren't lining up with the word of God will, will line up with the word of God and they are subject to change and you will be in that place called the grace zone. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. I'm going to say this and decree it to you today. You're coming out of high blood pressure. Amen. You're coming out of diabetes. You're coming out of any issues that the enemy is trying to put on you. And the fifth key is just keep praising God. Keep worshiping God. I like to say this, praise the promises. And what does that mean? Take the promises of God's word and thank him that it's happening. Thank him that his word is working. Praise him. Create a, if you want to get more from God, get an attitude of gratitude in your life. Start thanking God that it's working, even though it doesn't seem like it's working. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? If you take that medicine, thank God and keep confessing over that. Thank God that, that you're healed from that from that ailment. Every time you take it, thank God that, that that diabetes is leaving my body. Thank God that my blood pressure is normalizing in Jesus name. 
And pretty soon you go to the doctor checkup, he's going to say, you don't need that medicine anymore. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Just like that, suddenly. Suddenly God works. And pretty soon you're not going to need your glasses anymore. I'm not telling you to take them off today and stomp on them, but pretty soon you'll have that 2020 vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Because you know, we don't want somebody leading you around. Amen? No, no, you got you to do, do it by faith. Amen? Glory to God. Did you receive it this morning? Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you that you are moving in our lives. You're moving in this church. You're doing miracles in our presence. We thank you, Father God, that the anointing is here to heal and deliver, not for tomorrow, but for today. I thank you, Father God, for blessing every person here. I thank you, Father God, for blessing those that are watching. And perhaps you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Well, today is the day of salvation. You may not have another chance, so I want to invite you to receive Jesus as your Lord, Savior, and Healer today. Just say this and mean in your heart. Say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you're raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.